The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, August 26th. 2015. Listeners, please welcome adult industry veteran performer and director, 2015 AVN Hall of Fame inductee, Talon. Welcome to the show, Talon. Thank you. Good to have you to be on your show. (laughs) You're welcome. It's great to have you on. Uh, You're an adult industry veteran that has experienced so much in the industry, so I'm really excited to have you on to pick your brain about the business, you know, sort of like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Yeah, let's man. Get, let's get started. Okay. Good stuff. So typically, I like to start these one-on-one interviews by getting stats out the way. So let's get to know some of your physical stats. What's your height and weight? Uh, like 5'9", 190. What's your ethnic background? I'm three-quarters Puerto Rican and a little bit of German and Swedish. What's your zodiac sign? Scorpio. And how old are you? 45. So let's get to know the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? I was born at Westwood, California. Born at UCLA Medical Center. That's what's up. What was life like growing up for Talon? What were you like as a kid, as a teenager? Well, I grew up with a father that was from New York. Most of my family's from New York. I'm not, as I said. But um, my dad was a big monster, tough guy from, um, he's half German and Swedish and half Puerto Rican, so he had the German and Swedish side, he's a big guy, about 6'2", about 235, about 20 inch arms, 52 inch chest, mean guy from Brooklyn, New York, so he had a big trucking and mining business, so we kind of grew up, my brother and I, having to work in mines and having to work in the trucking company from a very young age, so it was a lot of, um, a lot of work and a lot of discipline with work, emphasis on work. My dad had 200 employees at one time, so it was a big business. Wow, that's what's up. Yeah. It was tough, but it was good work ethic. I believe it, man. Yeah. So can you lead us into what was going on with your life as uh, you were coming of age, as you were you know, getting into the 18, 19, the 20s as well? Well, I kind of I got involved with a girl for a few years I lived with. I have a daughter from... We lived together from like 18 to 21, and I worked for my dad until I was 20 years old. And um, and I had a a daughter at a young age at 19, and I had a girlfriend I lived with. So eh, it's a little stressful, and I was helping to run my dad's business when he downsized it and moved out of state. And so, I don't know, at 19 or 20, I was running like 25 employees. My dad got, he kind of 
got rid of a lot of his trucking business and he was just traveling a lot, hunting and flying. He had a couple small airplanes. So I kind of had a lot of responsibility young with a trucking kid and a girlfriend. So that's what it was like young. I mean, I kind of was wild. I had a little bit of fun. Kind of had a crazy, you know, I have a really crazy brother. So I had an influence and my dad kind of tried to bang as many women as he could. So <laughs> I, we had a lot of secretaries that worked and my dad messed around with a lot of them. So he was kind of always bragging that you should get a lot of women, you know? Can you take us into what was going on in your life prior to entering the adult industry? Well, I went through some crazy times. My dad's company was in a chapter 11, so core trustee took over and they fired me from my dad's business. My dad took a lot of money out of it and was kind of doing his own thing. So I kind of was out of a job and I kind of did some miscellaneous jobs. And then I have a brother that's very famous in the porn business for a lot of years and he was already in the business so I kind of um, ended up getting into business I tried to just do more magazines and some things but then I ended up you know shooting more magazines early on did Playgirl did a lot of magazines like Penthouse Hustler High Society did the cover of Avian when I wasn't even in the videos yet like I don't know I used to do some modeling a little bit like fitness magazines and calendars and you know, stuff like that. And some little bit of print work, but um little auditioning, but I never really did any commercials. I auditioned a little bit for it. Yeah, stuff like that. And I trained people a little bit, you know. I actually was a massage therapist for years too, deep tissue sports. I used to work on a lot of big producers and directors in Hollywood. I was a really good um sports massage therapist off and on for years. So stuff like that. So, how did uh, the connection to the industry happen? I know that you mentioned that you you were doing sort of like odd things in and out of the industry, in particular, sort of like modeling and and uh, obviously a lot of nude modeling because you were on, you were in Playgirl and on the cover of AVN. So, what led to your decision to sort of go full bore into the business? Well, I kind of I did a lot of magazines. I was a magazine guy. Because a lot of the porn guys before Viagra, there wasn't a lot of some of the guys that could do the magazines like for Penthouse. They like to use certain looking guys in shape. So I used to do a lot of the magazines and things. And I kind of tried to avoid porn. My brother didn't really want me to do the videos. And so I did a little bit like in 99. And Jill Kelly got me a couple of movies to work with her. And I did some. And then I was trying to do day trading stocks. And I started doing really well. So I only did a few videos and I quit. And then I was trading full-time in the stock market for myself. And then I made a lot of money, blew up. Then I worked for institutions. I used to have a stockbroker's license, but I was a trader. So I worked for some firms and I lost some jobs, blowing up, making money, blowing up. So I ended up just deciding to get into it full-time in 2001. I kind of ran out of opportunities to work for firms with the stock market or other financial trading. So I got into it full-time in 2001 and... Then I've been doing it ever since full time. So that was kind of, um, yeah. My brother tried to tell me I could only do it for six months. He tried to keep me out of it. And then I was just like, hey, you don't pay my bills. I, I've got to do what I got to do. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah, man. That makes sense. So yeah. in total, how long would you say that you've been in the adult industry? 25 years. Wow, man. 
congratulations. <laughs> there aren't that many people that can say that and still be in the game. So that's very impressive right there. Yeah, I mean, I did a magazine for Hustler 25 years ago for Clive McLean. He died of cancer. He was the first photographer for Hustler. Yeah, so 25 years ago, I did my first Hustler magazine. Yeah. Let's talk so. about your poor name. I always feel like a name in the adult industry is very important. You know, you got to pick the right name. You got to pick a name that's memorable, that's catchy, that the fans can associate with you. How did you come up with your poor name? There was a guy, I don't know, I was using some other name, Dylan, and then some other guy was Dylan Day, and then he just went by Dylan, so I had to change it. So I was sitting at dinner with a friend of mine, and one of his friends was on an ABC sitcom on prime time with um, John Ritter. The last show he did, like, Eight Simple Rules of Dating My Daughter or something. The guy that played on there had, had a friend in Chicago that had an, it used the name Talent. He goes, why don't you use that name? So some actor on a show on TV gave me the name while I was sitting at a Houston's restaurant. So he said, hey, that's kind of a cool name. My friend uses it. And so I ended up using it. That's funny. That's so random. <laughs> and you want to hear something more bizarre? Mm-hmm. There's a guy in my gym recently. I live in Orange County, and his name's Talon. He's from Chicago. <laughs> and I was telling him what I do. This guy, and he was like the same name. And I was like, I didn't ask him if his friend was the guy who got the name off. I didn't even remember the guy's name. I could look it up because the TV show. But it's kind of funny. I ran into a guy named Talon in the last six months in the gym from Chicago. It might be the guy that I ended up getting the name off of. <laughs> exactly. Look at that. It's a small world after all, Talon. Yeah, definitely. That's too funny. It's weird. Yeah, man. So, prior to entering the business, was porn at all something that had crossed your mind as something that you wanted to experience, something that you wanted to try? I mean, you had the familial connection. So, obviously, you know, like, the, the idea of porn must have been in your head uh, when your brother got into it. So, was porn something at all that you had wanted to try, or did you really sort of fall into it, kind of, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, because of your brother. You know, it was like I had a cousin who's married to really, she's a second cousin, and she was a Playboy centerfold. And so I was 16 years old. My dad had a Playboy centerfold of, of his first cousin, and she's married to Jean-Paul DeJoria, and <laughs> who owns, um, owns Patron and owns Paul Mitchell Hair Supplies. But I like... I don't know. It was funny. I kind of almost wanted to do Playgirl, and then I got in. There, I was in there, and I was like, "Oh, I have a cousin," but I didn't really have big aspirations to do porn. My brother did, but I didn't really have a big thing. But you know, I wasn't against it, but it wasn't my dream. Yeah, I didn't know that I would ever go into something like that. So no, it wasn't something I planned out. Let's talk about your first time on set. What was that experience like for you? What was going on in your mind? Uh, were you nervous, excited, scared, a mixture of all of the above? Well, yeah, I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, you get a little nervous. The first magazine I did, it was like three guys with one girl. In the old days, it was simulation for Hustler, for the magazine. Some of the magazines years ago were simulation so i mean you got to keep your dick hard but yeah it's it's nervous it's it's like it's weird i definitely get butter i don't know if you say butterflies but you're nervous you're kind of eh, this is weird <laughs> you know what about the first time that you had to do a hardcore scene what was that experience like still the same nerves or were you much more comfortable being naked in front of the camera it wasn't 
it was pretty easy to do because I'd already done magazines. So, I mean, I'm on magazines doing a penthouse for Earl Miller would take 12 hours, you know, um, two days where this would be one-on-one with a girl and one camera guy and one lighting guy maybe or an assistant. So I was used to being on magazines where sometimes there was three assistants. So it, was, it wasn't bad. It, it's just the first person I worked with, he kind of tried to mess with me. He kind of he wanted to give me a contract, but he was like, it was Rob Black, and he was kind of put you with some nasty girl <laughs> to try to see how good you would do, you know. So it wasn't the best, it wasn't the strongest. It was like one of the first scenes I did. I think the first thing I did it was like an anal scene with this girl, and she had big ass legs and chunky, and he was, you know, I told him I was like, hey, give me a decent girl to start out with. So it was kind of like, eh, I didn't. I struggled a little bit with the anal, but pussy was okay, but. It wasn't the easiest. It was okay because it was less people, but, you know, it wasn't my strongest performance. Yeah. It's, I mean, you get nervous. You kind of, I never really get intimidated. It's just kind of weird feeling. I don't know. I never had much super nervousness. Just more like, ugh, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the good and the bad about being on set. When you're on set, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? Well, what turns me on the most on a woman is I have a fetish for puffy pussies. That's what really gets me turned on. So I like girls with like camel toe puffy pussies. That's, a girl can be average and if she has that, 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 I can look at that to keep me going or get me going. That's one of the things that really, really turns me on. Yeah. And the bad thing is, you know, girls will fight you when you're trying to, you know, you try to make it energetic and give some energy or hard and it's, they fight you and they push you. They do the Heisman trophy, we call it, where they're pushing you back, you know, and they're like, don't put it in all the way, stuff like that. You're kind of fighting them and you're trying to do a performance and it's not love making. You tell them sometimes it's like, hey, I'm not, you're not at home. It's not love making. This is, you know, a job. We got to put on a good show. In a scene, I want to break down a porn scene with you. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most? Oral, vag, or anal? I enjoy the most vag, because a lot of these girls aren't always the best at at oral. (laughs) So, definitely, I'm a pussy, man. Definitely. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position, and does it differ from your favorite position off-camera? Um... Well, the favorite position is missionary, but you can't always really dig as deep as you want because you got to open up for the camera. So I would say it's a little different at home because you don't have to open up for a camera. But, you know, probably mish with the girl's legs in the air. That's my favorite, typically. Depending on the girl, depending on how they, you know, how how good their their pussy is. (laughs) Yeah. And, of course, we all know how a scene ends with the pop shot, the cum shot. In a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot your load? Mm, I mean, it could be in a girl's, you know, cream pie is good. But it depends on the girl. I mean, I've come on so many girls in the face. It's kind of done them so many times. I guess cream pie is probably the favorite. How would you describe your fuck style? I would say really high energy, hard, you know, really high energy, hard. 
one director I used to work for he always say try to tell me I fucked ten times harder, which I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It's a lot of energy. It runs in the family. That's what I'm about to say. That was about to say it's in the genes. Exactly. Definitely. Overall, throughout your time in the business, I mean, you've done incredible work in all these fantastic Gonzo titles. You've done a, a little bit of feature work. I would say not as much as uh, the Gonzo stuff. You've certainly done a lot of what I call work in the vignette type of productions. Overall, what has been one of your most memorable shoots? Most memorable shoots? Um... I guess well in Europe one time I shot in Europe with uh, in Russia and it was a reverse gangbang and it was like 20 girls with me and another guy that was kind of crazy that's the craziest experience doing 20 girls for hours triple stacking them that was crazy for someone that's tuning in right now and and, uh, what you just mentioned is the dream you know a reverse gangbang What's that experience like? You know, how crazy was it and how intense was it? You know, you have all of these women that are, you know, basically, you know, pushing each other aside to get, uh, you know, on top of you. You know, what was that experience like for you? Well, I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's fun, but then sometimes you have some girls that fight you. But it's an amazing experience to have that much power to to grab whoever you want and just take turns and just go grab one. If one fights you, you just say, okay, you want to fight me? I got another one. So <laughs> it's kind of like, hey, you're not in the program. I'll go get someone else who is. So a lot of variety. You know? Overall, throughout your career in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Our favorite performers, I would have to say... Um, this is one of my favorite. Um, I'm so bad with names. There's, I mean, you know, Brittany. Was it? Um, uh, what's it? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, God, I'm so bad with names. Um, who's one of my favorite? Well, one of the best pussies I've ever had. I'll start with is Angelica Raven. She wasn't the hottest, but she had the best pussy. <laughs> So she was one of the most fun, but she was a little crazy. <laughs> Super <laughs> crazy. She was really good. Um, who else was really good was... Um, trying to think. Um, you know, I worked with... Um, oh, God, I'm so bad with names. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, August Taylor was good. Um Ava Taylor, there's so many, um, I'm trying to think who is, you know, Chloe Moore is amazing, I worked with a few times, she's a more recent girl, the Latin girl, she's really good, amazing to work with, Chloe Moore, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, she's fantastic. Fantastic, amazing, sweetheart, really good performer, um, and now I'm trying to think of who drove me crazy, crazy. Yeah, I don't know. That's those are some of the good ones, definitely. Brianna Banks. I mean, she was amazing. She was a really good performer. Brianna Banks, and she's a sweetheart. Yeah, she's are, old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brianna. Are there any performers that you haven't worked with that you're looking forward to working with in the future? 
Yeah, there's um, trying to think of who's the best. Uh, you know, I, I got to work with um, what's her name? Um, I never got to do a boy girl. I did a BJ with this girl just because I don't usually do those, but I did it one time when she first started. But I heard she she's tough to work. She's tough to get to work with nowadays. But um, what was it? Romy Rain. I, I would like to do a scene with her. Romy Rain. She's hot. Good choice. Yeah. Definitely Romy Rain. I'm trying to think who else. Um, maybe Brooklyn Chase. She might be good. She's cute, too. Yeah, those two are pretty good. I would say I haven't done a boy-girl with those. are good ones. Definitely. How old were you when you saw a porn film for the first time? First time, probably like... My brother's crazy into it, so probably like 15 or 16. He was two years older. Probably 15 or 16. He started bringing me, showing me some of his footage when I was like 19. So probably 15. Probably 15 years old. What has been one of the funniest things that has ever happened to you on set? funniest things um <laughs> that's an interesting one it's kind of not funny for me but it's kind of funny if you were watching <laughs> you might kind of laugh you know what i mean but it wasn't funny for me mm-hmm. one one time i had to do a gangbang for anabolic and and there was this guy that was i was younger and he was more my age now and this is like about 10 years ago and I did a scene next to him with a girl, and he was like, hey, we should spar sometime. I've done a little bit of boxing. I'm not a great boxer, but I've played around. I have some friends that are pretty good. I've played around. I studied Muay Thai and boxing a little bit. I'm not a great fighter. I'm not trying to show off. But I, the guy said, hey, let's spar sometime. So I ended up working next to him with 10 other guys, and I was one of the last to finish coming, and he was far away. And he, and <laughs> he hit my shoulder or something, or my stomach, some little bit of cum, and I started pushing him like what the fuck <laughs> i was like trying to almost fight the guy because <laughs> he hit me with some cum from a distance and <laughs> and the director and the owner of anabolic were always making fun of me for years <laughs> the owner would say you messed up my set and he would just laugh because it was at the end it didn't really matter much but it was kind of funny if you're looking on and then there was another time this is the funniest. It's funny for me too. On this one, there was a guy that was an Armenian guy. His name was Arby. I had a couple run-ins with him, and we were doing this. Girl had really big boobs. I forget her name, and we were like, he kept getting smart with me, and he kept getting smart with me. We we're two on one with this girl, so I went up and I pushed him in the throat, and we're both naked, like fighting. And I pushed him <laughs> in the throat, and he's like, "I'm gonna get the AP, the Armenian." whatever mob to kill you and he's like i'm gonna go to the hospital because i pushed him in the throat and so the guy direct for was just telling him come on calm down guys calm down and so we're like two naked guys getting into it and the girl's like is somebody gonna come over here and fuck me or what you know it's just too funny that was funny (laughs) yeah it was kind of weird so let's go from the funny to the embarrassing. Has anything embarrassing ever happened to you on set? I'm sure. I don't know. I can't think right offhand, but embarrassing. Um, 
I mean, there's times you struggle a little bit and you maybe have a bad day. Not that many, but maybe more embarrassing for girls. I could tell you embarrassing moments that happen for girls. Not as much for me. Do you want to hear an embarrassing moment for a girl? Absolutely. Why not? Okay. I had two girls working for Jill Kelly's company when she used to be around. And I was doing two girls. One was a contract girl. Maybe I shouldn't say her name. <laughs> and, and so one had the contract girl, which starts with a T. She had just finished a scene where she did anal. And I was doing a girl. It was two girls I was working with. And the one girl who finished was just badge. And one girl I was doing anal. So I went to do one girl. And this is embarrassing for me, too, because I went to do one girl just in the vag, and all of a sudden, I'm banging her hard, and she shits on the bed. <laughs> there you go. And then I go to the next girl, and she jumps on me, reverse cowgirl, and psh, shit everywhere goes all over me. So I got two girls in a row. <laughs> so that wasn't a fun experience, but I laughed. I laughed it off. I was strong, and I finished, and the director's like, wow. I can't believe you finished that. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm having a good day. <laughs> you know. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Talon got Willy wonka You went yeah. to the chocolate factory. Yeah. The, be- <laughs> the best is when a girl has a smelly pussy or sometimes gets stuff on your ass. You're like, taste your pussy. Taste your ass. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So I was going to ask you next, what's the craziest thing that you've done in a scene? But you, I think you kind of mentioned it with the reverse gangbanger. Was there even something uh, even more intense that you've done in a scene before? More intense? Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to top that. I mean, that was the craziest, doing 20 girls. We actually did it two days. One day it was three guys with 20 girls, and one day it was two guys. So I'd say that two times in Russia where we did 20 girls that was the craziest twice in three days we did it twice so that was pretty insane yeah definitely that's all I mean directing I have my fun days too directing sometimes (laughs) with the girls you know what I mean absolutely we'll be discussing the directing in (laughs) just a moment so don't worry I can't wait to hear some stories about that Let's talk a little bit about your work with kink.com. You've done a couple of scenes for them. What was your experience like working for them, and did you enjoy getting the chance to experience and play around in the realm of fetishes on camera? Well, first, they're a great company. I mean, they treat people well. They're a good company, really good company. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's interesting. The problem with that is that sometimes who you get matched up with Sometimes I wasn't always matched up with the best to go to the extreme, and then some I did. But, um, yeah, they're great people to work for. It's interesting. It's some good stuff. But a couple times I wish I could have done a better performance, but there were girls I knew, and they didn't want me to go nuts on them, so I kind of had to hold back. So, But, you know, great company, and they treat people well. Eh, Can't say anything bad about them. It's good experiences up there, San Francisco. I've shot up there, like, I don't know, four or five times. Good people. Throughout your career, you've uh, done a a bunch of work, a bunch of really great work in the industry, and uh, you've done a lot of work in the various scene pairing types that there are. You know, in my opinion, there are kind of like four general scene pairs. There's the one-on-ones. 
there are threesomes. There's uh, the female-female-male threesome, and then there's the male-male-female threesomes. And there's also what I like to call group sex, which is, in my opinion, anything more than uh, two couples or four performers in a scene. So out of those sort of like generic four pairings types, in your opinion, which type of scene is the easiest and the most difficult to perform in? Well, the the easiest is one-on-one because, yeah, I mean, you're not really doing anything, but it's easier. But the second easiest is, is like two girls and one guy. Whenever there's another guy, it's always harder because you've got to, you know, go in weird angles and try to keep hard. And there's another guy. It's not always the most, you're going to be the most turned on and you got to take turns and, so, yeah, I would say, and sometimes, like, a group, no, actually, a group scene can be pretty good if you can just swap and, and you get some variety. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. <laughs> I'd say if you get variety, it's a bunch of girls you want to work with. The group scene could be awesome. It just dep- It's hard to say because it depends on who you're paired with. But, I mean, definitely the hardest is is multiple guys or one other guy than yourself. Then it's harder, definitely. Does that answer it? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So yeah. after being featured in and headlining uh, several productions, what brought on the urge to direct and produce your own content? I don't produce my own. Well, it's kind of like producing and directing, but I don't own it. Um, you know, I've worked for somebody for a lot of years and did scenes, and, you know, and I was working for him around him a lot of years. I don't know. He made an offer that possibly I could do it and the other director ended up quitting so I ended up taking over full time. So it was, you know, it was a progression to try to move on. You know, I've been doing scenes a lot of years and, you know, we need, there's a lot of young guys too that, you know, there's a lot of work for, which makes sense. I agree. There's a lot of young guys that should do the scenes and I mean, I look good for my age but still, you know, it's good to use some young guys often. So, you know, it was a good progression and to still, you know, something good to do and I have a lot of experience but you know directing still doesn't performing directing still a bit different so just something to move on to not just depend on one thing you know what was it like for you to hold your directorial debut in your hands for the first time well I trained for a little bit so I mean you're a little jumpy with a camera I had a director a long time ago try to show me a little bit, but he didn't show me that much. But, you know, at first your camera work is kind of weak and, you know, you're jumping around and you got to get used to it. So it was it was intimidating in some ways because you want to do a good job and you're not really, I don't really have experience of, you know, even going to school or even holding camera much. So, yeah, it was intimidating at first a little bit, not like majorly, but a little bit little bit of a struggle at first definitely how involved are you with the creative process of the scene are you one of the people or or the person behind the casting of the scenes are you uh, at all involved in the creation of some of the scenarios that the scenes involve like how involved are you uh, in the creation of a scene when you're directing when i'm directing the title is is made up by the owner, but the scenarios often all I could make up or, or the owner could give me some input in some of the scenarios, but often I have to create my own ba- based on the title that we're doing. 
And as far as casting, I do I do a quarter to half of the casting, and the owner does a lot of it as well. And then, um, you know, as far as I guess I guess that's about it. I don't know. That was the three questions you asked me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think of another. <laughs> yeah, so that's about it. You know, the scenarios, I, I like to get input from the owner because he's a lot more creative than I am. And he's been coming up with these titles for a lot of years and he's really good at it. So, you know, I like to get some input from him because he has a better, a better way of creating better scenarios than I do. Because <laughs> I like to do Gonzo. I wasn't really into the acting much. I like the sex. And I and I early on I did some lead for Wicked and some people, but I wasn't the best actor, and I didn't want to. I didn't work at it enough. I could have improved a lot, but it wasn't my thing. I kind of I was more into doing the sex than to try to do features all day. I like to do a couple scenes in a day than to do one feature. You know, the next once in two days sometimes. You know. Describe your shooting style. What's your filming style like as a director? My shooting style, I guess it would be, you know, just to to let the viewer get a good view of that, you know, the the, the hardcore action. I'm not, I don't do as much, you know, pretty stuff right now, so it's more impact with, you know, good um, good sex than it is about, um, you know, beautiful stuff like Penthouse or somebody. So it's kind of a style of more Gonzo with a little creativity. So. It's more action style to the second. You just mentioned something that I mentioned earlier in the interview that for the most part in your career in the business, your focus has been on Gonzo. Yeah. You've been in, uh, you know, the most in Gonzo productions. The majority of your scenes have been in Gonzo productions. In your opinion, what makes a great Gonzo scene? And for those out there that, that don't understand the term Gonzo, it's basically wall-to-wall sex. It's a, a scene where there is very little introduction and the focus of the scene is the actual sex. There's no real acting involved. Yeah, I mean, there's maybe a tiny bit, but yeah, there's not much acting. To me, what makes a great Gonzo, in my opinion, is, you know... I mean, you can't force these girls, so sometimes it could be you know, energetic, rough, crazy, wild sex. And then sometimes it can have some passion, rough and wild. But, you know, you sometimes you can't make these girls. They do these movies and they have boyfriends or they don't want to kiss, they don't want to do it. So I don't try to force girls to do things they don't want to do. I'm not going to try to force some girl to make out with me. But if it is, sometimes it could be hot, passionate, and with some high energy I like, but I'll take just, you know, some good fucking, if that's what it is, you know. I'm not into trying to force girls to do what I want to do. I am I want them to do what they're signed up for in the scene than to try to make, I don't need girls to get into me like crazy to do a great scene because I enjoy pussy. I don't need to be worshipped. Do you watch your own scenes and films? Is that something in the past that you've tried to do? I mean, obviously, as a director, you I would assume that you kind of have to at some point in the production of it, have to see yourself on camera if you're directing a scene that you're in. But prior to that, before you were directing, was watching your scene something that you tried to do, or were you the type of person that avoided watching their own scenes? I watched a little bit of my scenes, but it wasn't really... Maybe to show somebody, it wasn't to really watch by myself. Maybe somebody wanted to see some scenes. I wasn't really into watching myself. I'm not really into that 
I mean, sometimes even when I did, you know, other print work, other things, I'd show people. It's not that I want to look at myself, but I mean, now I look at the product a lot more because I direct. So then I have to, you know, try to look at um, a lot more to learn to become a better director. So not that much, but now I watch a lot more productions as a director than I did in the past. You've been in the industry, as you said, at the start of the interview, for two and a half decades. What do you attribute your longevity to in this business? Being a solid performer and being dependable and not causing drama and just, you know, typically being a person they can rely on and not waste their time, you know, definitely. And staying in shape, I don't know. I mean, even though I was older, I still work for porn pros and people that still use younger guys because I stay in shape. Staying in shape and being a, a good, dependable, honorable person. Yeah. Now it's time for the big question, Talon. A question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters are curious to know. How much is Talon packing? How much am I packing? <laughs> I'm more thick than I am super long I don't know it's, I'm just about seven and a half inches long about, I don't know it's just thick around it's more um, I tell the girl it's enough she'll remember tomorrow yeah. there you go <laughs> there's a lot bigger but <laughs> some don't um, some are a lot more gentle and sentimental we talked about the pop shot earlier in the interview. Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop shot in your scenes? Yeah, I mean, some things can help. I mean, there's some things like zinc, like um, eating fish, maybe salmon and some beef and eggs sometimes. If, you know, when I used to work a lot and I would do two scenes in a day, I would try to, you know, eat certain things that could help it possibly to be a little better on the second one. But, um, yeah, I try a little bit of stuff. I learn a little bit of tricks. It's not going to give the major, like, freaky, but it gives me a good solid one. Helps some when I work a lot. Yeah, definitely. Those are some things that help. Right now, I want to move away uh, into uh, some serious territory and ask you some questions about some of the serious issues in the industry. And... The first question in this set that I want to ask is something that we sort of briefly touched on at the start of the interview. I want to talk about family and your career in the industry. Your experience in the industry is very unique because you have an older brother that's in the game. Yeah. And you have, if I'm not mistaken, it's it's an uncle that's in the game too, correct? Yeah. It's my, yeah, uncle, and then I have two cousins that shoot, one does camera in Florida and one does lighting in California for the industry. They've been in as long as me, almost, yeah. There you go. So yeah. you have a lot of family in the game, and, and I know we haven't mentioned by name, but yeah. so your, your brother is T.T. Boy, and your uncle is, uh, I believe he's retired now. Correct. I don't know. I don't speak to him. I think I don't know what he does, but he might do a scene here and there, but there's not much he okay. does. But your uncle is, is Dirty Harry. Yes. Okay, so entering the business, you mentioned that your brother was kind of wary about you joining. So what did, I guess, your family as a whole think about you and your entrance into the business? Were they sort of okay with it because they had seen your brother have success with it? Like, what was, what was I guess, the the um, 
the tone or the um, the reaction by the rest of your family into your entrance into business? Well, my mother died when I was young, a kid. I had a stepmom and she was gone. My parents were done. And my dad wasn't in and out of state before and he wasn't really around and then he died 10 years ago. So I didn't really, I mean, my daughter was very judgmental. Again, you know, freaked out some, gave me a hard time. She knew I did some magazines. When she found out I did videos, she was kind of judgmental. She still is. And um, so my daughter was tough. But other family, they didn't really say that much. They didn't really, you know, they didn't try to be negative. So, but my daughter's mother's family were extremely judgmental. And they were like, really liked me a lot and really cared for me and really thought I was a great person but they became so judgmental and like I was this horrible person that was but yet they would put up with um my um my daughter's mother's husband beat her up for 20 years that he's okay but if I did porn I'm the worst guy I'm a weirdo you know so yeah it was tough with family from my daughter and my daughter but my immediate family didn't really judge me that much you know most of it. Most of the media family. Yeah. So there you go. There you go, man. So, And you mentioned that your brother obviously had a bit of an issue in the beginning. Is that something that he got over? Like, were you guys, after you entered the game, you guys were all cool and stuff? No, we haven't spoken in years, but no, he never liked it. He didn't. He would tell girls, that's disgusting. He never liked me to have girls he wanted he never wanted me. he said all the money in this business is his money he says it's his business he found it first he's always been against it he's still against it so he accepted it at times but we had other personal problems and we don't speak but yeah he's always been against it and he doesn't still to this day like me doing it he feels like i screwed him over to make a living doing this business like i did him wrong you know that's interesting yeah there's a lot of the pie for everyone. So, Not to uh, him. To him, it's, it's no. his business. It's his money. He said I could keep all the money, but it's his money. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> it's funny. But he's too tough. It's not like I could whip his ass. He whipped my ass. <laughs> he's pretty, pretty good. He's trained a lot of martial arts a lot of years. He's a good fighter. Not someone. Well, there's, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty and your candor because a lot of people could sugarcoat uh, the answers. So I, I truly appreciate uh, your candor in your answers to the questions. Yeah, blunt has always been my problem. <laughs> That's always been a problem for some people, but I like it. Yeah. When you entered the business, things were very different than they are now. I mean, the DVDs, you know, were were sort of like. You know, especially when you hit it hardcore in like the early 2000s, DVDs were sort of like starting to come out. I think a lot of companies were still doing like VHSs and whatnot. So you've kind of seen the evolution from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray to video on demand. So I'm kind of curious to pick your brain about uh, the issue of uh, condoms in the business. At the start, when you were joining, I mean, there were some studios that were still using condoms, but the majority of the scenes were condom-less. And, and now, to this day, 
the majority of the studios now are condomless. A lot of the, the condom companies have uh, stopped using them, and there are very few productions out there that use condoms. Although, there are available, you know, if a performer wants to use it, obviously they have the right and the choice to do that. But uh, the issue of condoms in the business has uh, been all over not just the adult industry press, but as well as the mainstream entertainment press, in particular because there have been all these, you know, laws that have been sort of put in place and, and whatnot, trying to control the industry with uh, condoms and whatnot. So as a veteran performer in the industry, you know, I want to ask you about the great condom debate. What's your opinion on whether condoms should or should not be used in adult productions? Well, I'm a little biased because I'm a performer and I don't like them, but I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is the girls have to be careful with the guys they work with that they're tested good, you know, because, you know, it's more dangerous typically the girls that do anal, I mean, to catch something serious like HIV. So I don't, the majority I think is okay with a, without condom, but I would say anal, I would think maybe they should make testing a week or two weeks or less time period in between because it's a lot easier for a girl to get HIV. Whenever there's been cases of HIV in the porn industry, it's typically been the girls did anal sex and some, you know, guy typically maybe took it in the butt or, or were shooting up needles. So, I mean, they have to be careful, the girls that do anal, who they work with without a condom. But otherwise, I'd say it's very safe. And I would say because I, you know, from what I've read and a lot of things I've looked into. So I'm cool with condom, but I don't know. Anal is a tough one. That's a tough one that maybe girls really have to be very careful with in the in the porn industry. Yeah. As you mentioned, the industry is heavily tested. A lot of performers are getting tested now, you know, almost on a, either a week or a two-week basis. Yeah. Regardless of all the testing, you know, regardless of the amount and the consistency of the testing, do you ever feel worried about catching a STI or worse on set? No, I mean, it's, it's pretty safe for guys. I mean, the girls, I mean, STDs, they it could happen. You take a pill, it happens, but it's been so many years. I mean, I've been clean. I don't, I don't worry about it. No, I don't. I don't worry about it. Throughout the time that you have been in the industry, have you ever caught a sexually transmitted disease or infection on set? Yeah, I've caught an STD. Yeah. You take a pill or a shot. Yeah, it's happened. Yes. I don't want to bullshit. Yeah, I think most people have been around, done a lot of scenes, have had it. Even girls that first start, <laughs> you know? But yes, of course. You know, it happens. But it's been a long time. I don't know. So, not recently. Been many, many years. What's your opinion on piracy in the industry? Well, of course, I'm going to be biased because I want more work. <laughs> I don't want piracy. But I guess, you know, it sucks. You know, for people, there's not as much work, you know, as there used to be. But I, I guess you have to adapt. But, you know, I don't know. I think it should... I don't know, it's tough because it happened with music, it happened with this, it kind of sucks, you know, it seems like it's tough to, a lot of companies are out of business in porn, so yeah, it's tough, tough. You've been in the game for 25 years, and especially doing scenes hardcore for the past 15 years or so, you've seen a lot of changes in the industry and a lot of evolution in the industry. What's your take on the industry then and now? How has the industry changed for the positive, and how has the industry changed 
for the negative, in your opinion? The positive is there's a lot more girls that want to do it. The negative is there's not as much work as there used to be, like you said, when there was so much, you know, when DVDs were hot, I mean, there were just so many companies. I would do 30 scenes a month and turn down 20. So, I mean, the negative is not as much work, but there's a lot more hot girls because years ago it was hard to find a lot of cute girls, and the cute girls would work so much they'd be, you know, they'd be sore all the time. <laughs> the themes of productions, especially the more popular production in the industry, sort of change with the season. You know, for a hot minute, you know, the MILF genre was like really, really hot and like taking over the industry. And then like parodies came in and, and uh, you know, the celebrity sex tape phenomenon, that kind of thing. Recently in productions, a lot of the uh, studios have been using what I like to call sort of like incest light themes where you know it's like the stepmother with the stepson or the stepfather with the stepdaughter and, and that kind of thing what's your opinion on the industry sort of using very taboo themes in some of their productions does the industry ever go a little too far with the themes and the titles that they give uh, their productions what's your take on that well i'm a little biased there too because the guy i work for is one of the first ones to come out with the incestal <laughs> products so i mean it's art it's just you know it happens it goes on so for me i'm okay with it but i'm sure it offends a lot of people and yeah i know it's kind of a hot thing i you know it's you're right you definitely do your work you know what's going on so yeah Thank i'm you. okay with it but i'm i mean maybe if i was on the outside i wouldn't be but i guess i'm too close to it so i'm comfortable with it you know in your opinion are there any misconceptions or myths about performers that you would like to dispel myths um i'd say the myth is is that um I don't know. What is a good myth? A myth is, is that, um, you know, sometimes we're actors and sometimes we can't stand girls and we'd rather spit on them than fuck them because they treat us like shit and they're kind of bitches to work with sometimes when you're trying to do a job and they're fighting you and they're trying to make you look bad and you have to be a performer and get your dick hard and act like you're into the girl no matter what because it's a job bottom line i mean sure it's fun sometimes but sometimes you got to deal with a lot of drama so it's not always a cakewalk it's not always as easy as people think you have to fight a lot of girls and a lot of stuff to get work because a lot of girls don't want to do a good job they just want to get get paid and go home and do as shitty a job as they can and they don't care about the production you know is there an aspect of the adult industry that you do not enjoy is there something in the business that uh you just don't care for you know whether it's uh, i don't know just just something in general about the industry that you do not enjoy i mean the one thing that bothers me is there's a guy that died, Billy Glide, and he wasn't in the Hall of Fame, but guys that are like do a little bit of parodies and they do a little bit of stuff, they're in the Hall of Fame. I just feel like in the bottom line in this industry, it's good to be a, you know, do features and do acting, but bottom line you need to be a good performer. And some of these guys are in the Hall of Fame and they fail half the time and it gets political. Who's cool with AVN and who's cool with who to be in the Hall of Fame? But when it comes down to it, 
no matter what you do, no matter how good the acting is, most people aren't going to respect it. They're going to respect the sex. And most people on the outside laugh at acting and porn. And, and people are a lot better than me. I'm not knocking them. And they're good. But, I mean, bottom line, I don't think some of these people, it gets too political sometimes like anything in life, that some of these guys are Hall of Fame are not, they're not strong performers. They're guys that can do acting. But I, bottom line, I mean, they are stars in a way, but I, I look at it as a sex industry, not an acting industry. So sometimes a little political who's the hip one because they can do some acting and they think they're hot shit and they think there's something, but then they're not the best performer. So that bothers me sometimes. And I would agree with you, man. Billy Glide certainly deserves a spot in uh, the Hall of Fame. They had to die to get in the Hall of Fame, but then I can name other guys that are in there that like fell half the time because they did some features. I'm like, come on. The guy did twice as much as me probably. You know, he probably did a thousand more movies than me. I mean, the guy was an awesome performer you know and and some other guy could get in because he's cool with avn because they advertise i don't know some of that stuff and i'm not saying myself i even me took a long time because i didn't do as many features if i would have done features i would have been in there two or three years before these other guys that are in there you know and i'll destroy a lot of these guys in performing but they'll destroy me in acting <laughs> i guess it's a catch-22 yeah. definitely man yeah. yeah a lot of politics yeah. unfortunately yeah Let's talk about romance and working in the industry. Do you find it difficult to be in a romantic relationship while working in the adult industry? It's not always difficult, but the problem is, is that a lot of girls that do this business, you know, they come from rough childhoods. I mean, I grew up rough childhood to work hard and tough father, but, you know, sometimes these girls grow up with a lot of, been molested, been, you know, been raped, been a lot of stuff. So sometimes it's hard to have quality relationships because the girls, I don't really put up with a lot of shit, so maybe I argued a lot. But sometimes you could have some good romance, but making it last in this business is hard, you know. And I used to live with a girl for a couple years, and she liked drugs a lot more than me. I'm not really into drugs. Not that I haven't tried some. I'm not innocent. But, I mean, sometimes for her, it was like, she had a hard time, and then girls would go up to her and go, oh, he hits his head, and she would know if I hit my head because the girl's pussy feels too good. I'm going to come too early, and I'm trying to stop it. So then the girls would cause drama sometimes with your girlfriend to try to cause trouble. But then sometimes to get a relationship where you really, you know, I guess when you deal with each other and you go and you bang other people, you kind of want to depend on each other and value each other's word, and that's hard to find in this business. So sometimes... I've had a lot of romances with girls in this business because I'm in the business and it's typically what you're going to do if you want to date a girl. You're typically more in the business. If you're smart, you'll date outside the business, <laughs> but that's hard to find. So yeah, it's difficult, but I've done it a lot of times. A lot of, there's a lot of drama. Let's talk about dating outside of the industry. When you do approach a woman, like, do you instantly tell her what you do? Do you wait a while? Like, how do you approach a woman who you're interested in or who's interested in you? And uh, how do you explain your career choice to them? Well, I mean, sometimes people will say something and then maybe a girl has an interest still and maybe... I don't know if she wants to find out or she's attracted to you. She finds from someone else. But sometimes it's hard to bring it up yourself to just tell a girl. Sometimes I've lied. I'm not innocent. And I've told girls. I had to tell them later or they figured out. I've met girls 
girls at the gym and then I went out with them and then the trainer at the gym or somebody else, they'll go up to them and go, you know, that guy's a porn star. You know, that guy's a, people try to mess with you, you know, wherever you go, people will talk about you. So even if you don't tell the girl, sometimes people are telling the girl for you. So sometimes it could be hard. You know, it's hard to bring up because, you know, you want, I don't know. It's difficult. <laughs> I believe it, man. Yeah. So stepping away from the serious questions and uh, getting into some more questions about you, uh, let's go back in time once more. How and when did you lose your virginity? Well, I grew up with a crazy father and brother, so I felt pressure to have sex at a young age, and I felt like I was a slow developer, so I had sex at 12, but I had peer pressure, so I felt like a slow developer. So I was playing around with girls already at you know, young age. So my brother was dating a girl and he never had sex. He hadn't had sex with her. I think he never did. And he brought her cousin over and they were, the girl was a couple years older and she had a boyfriend a couple years older than her. And she came over and my brother used to bring girls over a lot. And I don't know, their friends would like me, even though I was younger, always a decent looking guy. And I'd get some girls. And so my brother's friend's cousin came over and I was like I'm going to have sex today and I'm bragging and I'm just an idiot just trying to act like a kid and I, this girl was like okay <laughs> so I took the girl in there and went down on her I had sex with her I didn't last long it was kind of bad but <laughs> that was my first sex 12 years old Yeah. how often do you work out and do you consistently have to watch what you eat in particular when you know that you have a shoot coming up that you're performing in I don't want, I mean, I have a lifestyle. I like the nutrition. I'm certified as a trainer. I was thinking about going back. I've studied nutrition and, and exercise for years. So for me, I don't know, sometimes I work out four or five days a week, sometimes a few days a week. It depends how much I'm working. But I eat really healthy. I don't know. I, I study a lot of stuff. So I don't know. I, I don't really specifically, it's more of a lifestyle to eat good and clean most of the time. And as you get, I'm not a kid anymore, so I really am more disciplined and you know, I'm more into working out harder because when I was younger, a lot of people thought I worked out hard and sometimes I worked out okay. So I try harder now, but um, yeah, it's important to me. It's like a lifestyle. I don't know. So I don't really specifically eat a certain way. I eat all the time, usually pretty good. To shave or not to shave, that is the question. And yes, I'm talking about down there and also just manscaping in general. Yeah, I use a hair trimmer on the body and yeah, you shave... You know, some pubic areas. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I try to be well-groomed. There's times I might have a little bit of hair on my legs, but I trim hair trimmer on my legs and my chest. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, you know, you should be presentable when you're doing it, you know. So, yeah, definitely. In your opinion, what part of your body is the sexiest and why? I don't know. I guess even as a kid, I was 15 years old, I did a little bit of boxing. Even the... The, the guy who was on the Olympic alternate, the coach, he, he would even say, hey, you guys should have abs like Keith, my, or Talon, whatever, my real name, Keith. So I don't know. I always had a pretty decent stomach when I'm in shape. So I have really deep abs. I don't know. They're decent. People always told me I have pretty deep abs. And I used to be a fitness model. I've been in a lot of fitness magazines, men's fitness, men's workout. So I guess pretty decent stomach. Stomach's pretty strong. Yeah. On the flip side, in your opinion, what part of your body do you like the least and why? I'd say the least is... My chest is okay, but I think it could be better. I feel like my brother has a better chest. I don't know. My chest is... It's okay. It's not bad, but yeah, it could be better, my chest. 
it's good to most people, but to me, I feel like it could be a lot. I it's not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. In your opinion, what part of the female body is the sexiest, and why? Are we talking pussy tits, or are we just talking other body parts? In general. Well, I'd say I like a girl with a fat, puffy pussy, <laughs> which is could be on a skinny girl too. I don't know. I mean, I like a, I like girls um, butts, boobs, and pussy, but that's pretty general. <laughs> Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Talon. I'm kind of a, a bookworm. I like to read a lot. I don't read as much, but I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. I study a lot of psychology, philosophy, and I've been involved in the stock market. So, I don't know, my passion is the stock market. That's my true passion. Yeah. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Energetic. I don't know. That's tough. Energetic. Um, loyal. Um, energetic. Loyal. Um, hungry for success. <laughs> um, passionate. The right girl. Um, fierce. <laughs> um, a lot of heart. I don't give up easy. Um, um, what else? Um, smartass, <laughs> sarcastic, you know, sarcastic. Um, what else am I? Um, that's tough. I know it's hard describing myself. <laughs> um, analytical. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's about it. I could say. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of uh, pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans tuning in to get to know some of your favorites. So uh, the first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Five favorite television shows? Right now, I I watch Ray Donovan. I watch... um, I like Game of Thrones. I like... um, what else do I like? Um, Ultimate Fighter Show. <laughs> um, what else? Um, Shameless. And um, what else do I like? Um, a weird one people probably wouldn't think Modern Family. I like Modern Family. That's about it. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Four of my favorite music artists, I would say, um, I like a group, I'd say, I like Corn. they're good energy, just to work out or something, I like Corn. I like, um, I like some pussy music too, like Lana Del Rey, <laughs> she's one of my favorites, um, who else is there, um, I like, um, Gavin Rosdell, from Bush, I like him some. I like, um, who else is it? Um, trying to think who else. Um, Del Rey. Um, Avicii. I like Avicii some. I like all kinds of music, so I like Avicii. I like Armin Van Buren. 
I have quite a range. Music. Yeah, that's good. What are three of your most favorite films? Um, Revolver's my favorite. Um, American Beauty. And, um... One other one I would say would be, um... I don't know. What is it? A good one? That's hard to say. <laughs> and I'd say two. I don't know right offhand. I don't watch enough movies. I like them, but I don't watch enough. So I'm not sure. I like mind thrillers sometimes. That's why I like Revolver. Revolver's crazy mind thriller. Um, I don't know. That's it. I'm not sure on the third one. What are two foods you can't live without? Two foods I can't live without. Um, brown rice and, um, I guess, chicken. <laughs> yeah. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Dark chocolate. Talon, do you ever see yourself retiring as a performer? Do you see yourself having a shelf life? Yeah, I'd say I'm done in the next couple of years, for sure. I should be done the next two years at the most, I would think. I'm performing today. I'm still performing, but I direct a lot more. I'm directing a lot more than I'm performing. But eh, still, you know, Wiki called me the other day, um, Cherry Pimp, some other stuff. So I still get work, but I direct a lot more. So, yeah, I can see myself in the next couple of years being done for sure. So the shift will focus <laughs> towards behind the scenes. Yeah behind the camera and okay. I still trade stocks I'm, I still futures and stocks I still trade so I still put time into that so we'll see between behind the scenes directing and the financial markets yeah are there any male performers that you see out there as uh, like the future of the industry the new wave of uh, performers in the industry yeah I mean Danny Mountain's been around already for a while he's a friend of mine um, Tyler Nixon's good. I mean, he works a lot. Tyler Nixon, Danny Mountain, um, Chris Strokes. I'm friends with him too. He's, you know, he's been around a little bit, but he's done well. He's doing well. Those guys, I mean, Manuel's been around a long time. He's a cool guy. Manuel Ferreira and Mick, Mick Blue, they've been around a long time already, but I'd say the future, I worked with James Dean forever. I've known James Dean since he almost started. So I'd say the future is probably more like Chris Strokes. Danny Mountain and Tyler Nixon. Tyler Nixon works does well. Yeah. What's next for Talon? What can the listeners and the fans expect from you in the near future? Directing a lot for Lethal Hardcore and um, and Winks, which is porn.com, but it's called Winks.com. So I direct a lot of scenes for them right now, almost 20 scenes a month. So Lethal Hardcore and um, Winks. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social networking, social media, all of the goodies? You can reach me on Twitter at RealTalonXXX. Sounds good. Very simple. Yep. Well, Talon, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? I'd say, yeah, thanks for the kind words. At times, people have said some positive stuff. Thanks for that, and keep watching and um, and enjoy the art. A fucking <laughs> fantastic man. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Tal. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on.
You're welcome. And certainly the door is open for more whenever you want to come back. We'd love to have you on so that you can update the listeners on what you've been up to. Okay, thanks. Have a good day. Thank you. And listeners, also want to thank you for tuning in to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One-on-One with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. With that, Talon and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. (laughs) Good night. Thanks for listening to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>